Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today we're bringing you another camera review. This time, we actually have a brand new camera to talk about, the Sony FX3. That bit of film you saw at the top of the show was shot on the Sony FX3. If you're a podcast listener, you may want to watch this one just because we'll be featuring some more footage from the camera. You can watch this episode and all of our episodes on our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com, or you can find them on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. All right, so a brief disclaimer before we get into the review, I want to state up front that we are not sponsored in any way, shape, or form by Sony, and this will be as unbiased a review as I can possibly manage. We are, however, sponsored by JMR Rentals. They provided the gear to us, so I want to give them a shout out. They are a professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rental company here in Brooklyn, New York, and their website is jmrny.com. And for being a viewer or listener of this show, you can now get 15% off your first rental at JMR by using the promo code WEEKEND. Call 347-721-3400 or email info at jmrny.com for details and to take advantage of that offer. The FX3 is part of Sony Cinema Line, but is it really a cinema camera? The story is that it's just a rehoused A7S III, and much of the chatter has been about what it doesn't have. I haven't had the chance to use the A7 III, so I can't compare, but I did get to spend some time with this camera. But before I get into my experience, here's a lovely and talented actor who was featured in our review of the A7 II, Vaughn Broderick, in a segment we're calling The Rundown. Hi, I'm Vaughn Broderick with No Rest for the Weekend here in the studio at JMR Rentals giving you a brief rundown of the specs and features of the new Sony FX3. The Sony FX3 was released in March of 2021 as a baby brother to the Sony Cinema line. It features a 12.1 megapixel full-frame CMOS sensor and can shoot in a variety of picture profiles including S-Log3 and S-Cinetone. It records UHD 4K video with internal 10-bit 422 sampling or 16-bit raw output and can record up to 600 megabits per second in all eye compression. The Sony FX3 records up to 120 frames per second in 4K and up to 240 frames per second in HD. And the dual CF Express Type-A card slots allow you to record to both cards simultaneously for redundant recording. The camera boasts up to 15 stops of dynamic range with a wide range of ISO available from 80 to 102,400. The small compact camera body features three tally lights that light up when recording, a variable angle touchscreen which displays features such as focus speaking, zebras, and audio levels, all of which are accessible through the menu system via the touchscreen or through the camera's customizable buttons and dials. The Sony FX3 has a hybrid autofocus system made up of 627 autofocus points when shooting in movie mode, and the AF points can easily be selected via the camera's touchscreen. The camera comes with a detachable top handle which includes two XLR inputs for external digital audio with up to four channel 24-bit recording. In fact, all of the audio for this segment was recorded on the Sony FX3. I'm Vaughn Roderick with the rundown for No Rest for the Weekend. We put this camera through a real-world test. I was shooting out in New York City in the summer. It was 90 degrees out, and I think it held up really well. 
So let's break it down. What I liked about the camera, what I didn't like about the camera, starting with form factor. I have to say, I really dig the form factor of this camera. It's a mirrorless camera, but it does have a solid body construction. It has a little bit of weight to it, but it's not heavy. I was running around the city carrying this thing, and I think it's a great run and gun camera. I really like the top handle. Having the XLR inputs and not having to sync sound and post is a real time saver. There are a bunch of mounting points on the body, which are very useful if you don't want to have to put a cage on the camera. It also has a built-in fan, which prevents it from overheating and is surprisingly quiet. One thing I must praise the camera for are the tally lights and the multiple record buttons. There's one on top of the camera and one right near the lens. It makes it so much easier to hit record, especially when you're using the top handle. I could even customize the shutter button to record as well. This is a huge improvement over the A7S Mark II. Another big improvement was the screen. Sony finally got the memo and added a fully articulating touchscreen. It's certainly head and shoulders above the A7S II. The touchscreen feature works really well for focusing and for navigating the menu. One drawback is that the camera is small, so the screen is small. If I were to use this camera on a real job, I'd probably add a monitor, but I was running and gunning around town and had no issues, even in the bright sunlight. The menu system. Oh, Sony and your menu systems, what can I say? Even though this menu is a bit more user-friendly than previous Sony cameras I've used, it's still a Sony menu. There's a programmable function menu which makes some features more accessible, but it's a mystery to me why Sony lets you program certain features and not others. The same holds true for the customizable buttons. Frame rates and resolution. Sony has been a true pioneer in outfitting cameras with the ability to shoot in high frame rates in 4K. I use the S and Q mode on the camera to shoot in 120 frames per second. It's a miracle that a small camera like this can do so much. It's one of those features that separates the Sony line from other cinema cameras. Shutter speed versus shutter angle. For some reason, Sony decided not to include shutter angle in this camera. It's a little thing, but it's something that makes the camera more of a cinema camera. It has shutter speed, which is fine, but it only offers the shutter options of a mirrorless camera or a DSLR. You still have to shoot at a 50th of a second or 125th of a second instead of the more precise 48th or 120th of a second when trying to obey the 180 degree shutter rule. Normally, this isn't something I would complain about, but they are calling this a cinema camera. Is it a deal breaker? Of course not, especially not for someone like me who's coming from a DSLR shooter background. Autofocus. There are several autofocus options in the FX3. The autofocus tracking is pretty amazing. We were shooting at night. I had a moving subject. Even when I was handheld, I was able to lock focus tracking on the subject and not lose it. It also has face and eye priority tracking, which works really well. This is another area where Sony really pioneered the technology. And it's one of those features that makes this such an excellent running gun camera. Image stabilization. In-body image stabilization is another area where Sony revolutionized these small cameras. The SteadyShot feature worked really well in the A7S Mark II, and it continues to amaze here. I'm not a gimbal guy, so it's great for me to be able to handhold this camera, walk around with it, and still have stable footage. This camera is the perfect size to use on a gimbal, but you can still get some really steady shots without one. Low light performance. The low light capability in the FX3 is outstanding. Again, this is Sony's bread and butter. This is a 12 megapixel camera, but Sony shows us that it's not the quantity of pixels, but the quality. We went into the night with this camera and the proof is in the footage. Beautiful and clean.
picture profiles, and color space. The Sony FX3 offers a wide variety of picture profiles. There's nearly a dozen presets in the camera that are customizable. I'm not a big fan of S-Log and trying to color correct it, but this camera also has S-Cinetone, which a lot of people seem to like. I did a quick run through of the picture profile so you can see the difference between them. I shot in the same modified Cine 4 profile that I used on the A7S II review, just because I found it easier to work with. For the most part, the colors look pretty great right out of camera. Still not as good as Canon color, although I have to say, Sony has definitely come a long way. With all of the options for color in this camera, I'm sure you can find one to fit just about any project. There's a lot of talk about what this camera is lacking, and that raises the question, is it a true cinema camera? It doesn't have built-in ND filters, which I have to say is a lifesaver on a shoot. When using a camera like the C100, that was so much easier just because of that one feature. But again, the body is tiny. There's literally no place to put ND filters. Is it that big a loss? I would say no, but it would be a nice to have. You're gonna find features like that in its bigger brothers, the FX6 and the FX9. To put it in perspective, the FX3 costs just under $4,000, and the new Canon C70 has built-in ND filters, but that camera costs $5,500. It's also bigger and heavier than the FX3. The FX3 is also missing some features like false color and the previously mentioned shutter angle. There's also no electronic viewfinder. Personally, I don't use false color a lot, but some operators swear by it to get correct exposure. The FX3 does have a gamma assist feature, which adds some contrast to the image so you can see what it's supposed to look like, especially when you're shooting an S-Log. I was able to use the light meter in the camera to set my exposure, and it was pretty much dead on. I really didn't have an issue with images being under or overexposed. As far as the EVF, I really didn't miss it. Uh, I, I was fine using the screen. On a job, like I said, I'd probably add a monitor, but at no time was I wishing I had an EVF. All in all, I had a great time using the FX3. It's a lot of fun to shoot with this camera. I don't normally say that about Sony cameras. I never thought I'd say this about a Sony, but it's surprisingly user-friendly. So who's this camera for? I think it's an excellent run and gun video camera. It can take stills, but I wouldn't say it's for hybrid shooters. This camera is definitely made for video. I think you could use this camera on all kinds of projects. Because it's an all-in-one camera complete with audio, it would work great for event shooting or documentaries. You could throw a shotgun mic on this thing and shoot all day long. It's lightweight and it's not gonna kill you back at the end of the day. This might be the ultimate docu-cam. I only had the camera for a few days and I didn't have a crew. I shot the studio segment during the afternoon and then I filmed all night that night until midnight and the camera didn't tire me out, which is a huge plus in my opinion. I think you could definitely shoot a short or even a feature with this. People have certainly made features with less capable cameras. You may need to rig it out and add a monitor or a map box for filters or cinema lenses or a follow focus, but you're still gonna get some great images out of this camera either way. I think Sony meant for this to be a B camera to the higher end cinema cameras like the FX6 and the FX9. So if you already own one of those cameras and you're looking for a second camera, this could be a great lower budget option than buying another FX6. Personally, I wish I had more time with the FX3. I would love to shoot a movie on it. I would love to see what the images look like using cinema lenses. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the Rokinon cinema lenses for this review, but I think that would be a great combination and it wouldn't break the bank. Would I buy this camera? It's hard to say. I'm mainly a hybrid shooter. I mainly use Canon cameras because I love the color science and because they're so easy to use. 
I also have Canon glass, and I don't know if I want to invest on a whole new system at this point, but the FX3 is a great little camera, and Sony has come out with some killer glass recently. There's also plenty of third-party lenses made for the E-mount from like Tamron and Rokinon and Sigma. It's a tempting buy, and even though it's lacking a few features, it's still an amazing value for what you get. Personally, I prefer the image quality of the FX3 to the Blackmagic Pocket cameras. The Pocket 6K is a lot less money at $2,500, and it even has some nice features like false color and shutter angle. The new 6K Pro has built-in ND filters, and you can even get an EVF for it. But the 6K and the 6K Pro are still APS-C size sensor cameras, so you're not going to get that nice full-frame look. I have to say, I just liked using the Sony more. The form factor is better for me. Uh, the ergonomics are just better than the Blackmagic Pocket cameras. I really like the top handle and the fact that I can use full-size XLR inputs. I don't have to use an adapter for my audio. And as I said, I'm not a gimbal guy, but if I was, this is certainly easier to mount on a gimbal than the 6K or the 6K Pro. Also, the FX3 has the image stabilization and the amazing autofocus. If you're running and gunning, those features are gonna come in handy. The Blackmagic cameras, they have an autofocus assist, but it doesn't do continuous autofocus. It doesn't have anything near the tracking capability of the FX3. The FX3 also has the fully articulating monitor, which is nice. I know the 6K Pro monitor articulates a bit, but it's not nearly as flexible as the FX3. Is this camera for you? Only you can decide that. I always advise people to rent before they buy, try it out, use it on a project, get a feel for what it's like to use in a real-world situation. That's really the only way to determine whether or not a camera works for you. In conclusion, I think this camera is really strong. Personally, I would prefer this camera to the bigger cinema cameras out there. You might get a slightly better image quality with those cameras, but for someone like me, who's usually working without much of a crew, if any at all, and I'm always running and gunning, this is excellent. Also, once I got the hang of it, like I said, I had a great time shooting with it. It's a fun camera to use. I can't say that about the Blackmagic cameras or even some of the Canon cinema cameras. In fact, this might be my favorite camera that I've reviewed so far this year. And that's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. Once again, want to give a big shout out and a thanks to our sponsor, JMR Rentals. And I want to thank the good folks at DeWolf Music for supplying the music for the little film at the top of the show. And of course, I want to thank our talent, Alia Vilf and Vaughn Broderick. For more of our content, including more gear and movie reviews, visit our website, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.